actually, actually, hold on. Before we start, let's check our levels real quick. Let's sync really quick. Test, test, test. Rust. Hello. Test, test, test. Mic check. One, two, three. Test, test, test. One, two, three. Hello, hello. Right, we're, good. we're good. God, you sound good. God, Russ, you're very kind. All right, should we talk about our sinking issues from Monday? Yes, Kyle, that sounds like a good idea. See, that was out of sync. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Now I'm going to have to worry about that being out of sync when we go to edit this. So, um, yeah, our apologies to everyone listening. Monday's episode was all screwed up for about 24 hours, which if you listen, you knew we got a bunch of tweets on the matter. So that's on us. Um, long story short is we use – we don't – like record and edit the podcast like most people do you know most people do a skype call record the call on one computer or have each person record their end individually and then sync the tracks up send them to each other and sync the tracks up on their own Um, since we do this every morning three times a week and we all have something to do or somewhere to be shortly thereafter um, we really don't have the time to kind of fully edit it that's why we leave in a lot of you know, weird moments or audio cutouts because it's just it would take too long to you know make it a, an hour and a half editing process to make it perfect. So we use a uh, a web service that allows us to all get on the line. It connects us all. It records all of our audio on our end and and uploads it separately, so we all sound clear, which is why our audio has been better the last few months. Uh, and it also comes with a a editor, so after the show's done, you can kind of quickly cut off the beginning or. Just kind of quickly edit out any weird moments or audio cutouts, stuff like that. So usually do one or two of those per show, save it, and upload it. The whole thing takes about 15 minutes. It's a great piece of software, but it is a little bit limited in editing and what you can do. You can add sounds, but there's not, it doesn't give you a whole lot of functionality. And occasionally it's a little bit buggy, and our tracks will be out of sync. And it doesn't happen in the beginning of the show. It happens kind of some random spot throughout and short of going back and listening to the entire show before posting you know we kind of sometimes don't find out about it so i think this is the second time it happened um we had to then download the track separately edit them russ did it monday night thank you russ i know it's a bear so our apologies. that was that was my um, penance because it's mostly my fault my mic that i'm using that uh i've gotten plenty of feedback on there's some kind of weird connection with it, and I've had to like get back into this room three times in most episodes, so that was my penance. Editing. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't know if it's the mic or your wire or whatever, but I don't know. I think what I'm happened a new one in, when you I'm getting a new one on Christmas is the rumor. There you go. People really don't like your microphone. I know. I had a guy actually DM me, and I just realized that I didn't DM him back again, offering to like send me a mic that he had bought for a what he called it, a now defunct podcast. Well, it's the number one way to monetize podcasts is to sell your podcast equipment. <laughs> so that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. Your mic's actually, I mean like the blue snowball that you use is not bad. It's just like your levels are sometimes low. And then when you get close, they spike a little bit. I think yeah, it's like a, it's a whole thing. I'm getting, I think I'm the slightly better one will help, help guard against yeah. that. But yeah, I don't know. Whatever issue you're having, it seemed to throw our, our thing out of whack. And we didn't catch it till late in the morning or mid-morning, and I was just busy with stuff. Russ is obviously I teaching Adams be, at work. so This could be a really good new slogan for the podcast, Crossing Broadcast. Never we not an issues. issue. Yeah, we have issues. Um, speaking of issues, we also have advertisers. 
Yes, we do. That was a good transition. Thanks, Kyle. Good job. It's not good when you talk about it being a good job. It wasn't Russ. me. It was Scott. It was Scott. Um, Darn it, Cozy Scott. Jewelers. Cozy Jewelers. So we, we've been talking all – we were talking for the last month about this big Black Friday sale that they had. That has obviously come and gone. But there is still plenty of time to get a special something for a special someone. Uh, Cozy Jewelers, family-owned and operated, located in the heart of Newtown Square. They have an excellent assortment of bracelets, necklaces, rings, whatever. Uh, they are certified Movado watch dealer. We saw sales guy Kurt at the party on Friday night wearing one of his Cozy Movado watches. Looked great. Um, we've also been telling you about kind of their engagement special. We're switching it up for December. If you're in the market to get engaged, whether it's now or at some point next year, whatever it is, you know, the ring process can be intimidating. Go into Cozy. Those guys will take care of you. We've heard nothing but great things about them. Uh, tell them we sent you. And if you purchase a custom ring, not not anything off the shelf, they'll walk you through how they source their diamonds. You pick out the diamond. You pick out the setting. You get her something that's truly unique. If you walk out of there with a custom ring and mention us, custom women's wedding ring, engagement ring, and mention us, you will get a uh, free men's cobalt wedding band, which I can assure you is like Ooh. one of those things you don't realize – you need until you start planning for the wedding and you're like oh we need more rings so excellent deal that they're offering up excellent selection um they're friends of the show and site and uh they're sponsoring the podcast and anthony sanfilippo's flyers content on the website so thanks to them for uh for sponsoring should we talk Good sixers Russ? Cozy. i don't know can we should we maybe first talk about your uh incredible video that you posted last night of how to make an old-fashioned absolutely no, let's talk about what about is that, that? Kyle tweeted out a video last night, and now this is this is where I started chuckling because I think he did more editing work on that one video than he has in all of the pod- in all of the podcast episodes combined. He made a video with this like really <laughs> nice kind of lounge music in the background, uh, doing his old fashioned. Oh, here he is. We don't need to listen to the whole thing, Kyle. That's uh, no, not me. It's me. It's I'm, I'm watching. Oh, you're it. watching it. Okay. He's muddling. So, yeah, keep going. Yeah. So, it's 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 up there as one of the like. If anybody was wondering what Kyle's like in real life, uh, that that's pretty much it, in a nutshell. In what so, way? Kyle's, Kyle's strikingly handsome. Guy. Strikingly uh, handsome. Uh, <laughs> Kyle's definitely a lot quirkier than I think people would would imagine he's got his he's got his whole like nova thing and he he kind of you know puts out a certain nova vibe but he's just a weird guy just like all of us we're all weird we're all weird in our own ways so you gotta get britta for that ice cube man that's what i'm saying we do look we do have a britta you gotta boil it we talked about this before i agree the fact that you would film a video where that ice cube is as just impure as it is it's what i will not good that ice is water from the refrigerator which does contain a filter so it's not straight tap water it's it is filtered did you get your wife to film this you know you are the first person to ask that and uh yeah i did she's a good sport i was i was gonna say is that the best part about having uh being married is that you always have a photographer to shoot old-fashioned videos with the thing is that is the most ridiculous part of it and no one commented so i'm kind of glad you picked that up yeah she was a good sport but russ in terms of the editing real quick it's the it's the apple clips app which is actually fantastic oh good an apple plug no 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 seriously it's very good it it 
it's like you just it's sort of like Snapchat and that you just kind of drop your finger on the record button then release it and drop it and it turns every time you do that it turns into a separate clip so it makes it very easy to sort of like you know kind of tightly cut up stuff like that and then you just go in you can add a filter add music and it's like all done on your phone it took me like five minutes it's it's a good app it's made for like sharing stuff to Instagram and Facebook but I use it for uh, for editing old-fashioned videos. By the way, video did well. You have 55 likes and five retweets. Wow. And and quite a bit of Twitter conjecture uh, about it. So I thank think you. that you have that many likes because everybody knew it was your wife. And everybody feels a little bit bad. They probably do. Oh, she hated every moment of that. There's nothing yeah, she hates more than, like, so Adam, doing So, Adam, to answer your videos. question, nothing. like, it, it's not – it's – you kind of have your own photographer all the time, but typically very begrudgingly. I was actually a little bit surprised that this happened. Anyway, paint me like one of your French girls. Jack. Wow, I would no, please don't. <laughs> I'm invi- I, I don't know. That was supposed to be a joke about Russ's wife painting him, and I don't. I don't think it quite came off that way. It didn't sound like me. It wasn't high pitched and annoying enough. Fair. Sixers. 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 Russell. Russell. Hello. I'm, I'm sure you're going to come in with a screaming hot take because they lost one game. Russ did a deep dive. They lost to the worst defense in the NBA, which you lost to a team that is now 9-16. and 16. They were 8-16 and 16 going into that game. You only managed to score 101 points. There were a few things that I took away from the game. Uh, this, this team has become the you live by the three, you die by the three. I think that is going to be their, their entire identity the, the remainder of the season. I think it has been to this point. When they're on, they're on. When they're off, they lose. Uh, Covington goes two for ten. I think he signed his contract right before one of the L.A. games, the Lakers game or the Clippers game in the middle of November. He had one good shooting game after that. He was five for 12 from three against the Warriors in, in Golden State. Game log working forward since then, three-point shooting. Two for seven, two for eight, two for four, 0 for nine, one for five, three for 10, six for 13 against Detroit. Had a good game against Detroit. And then two for 10 against Phoenix. So he has been... Um, for as hot as he started the season, he has been as equally as dreadful since then from behind the line. And I'm obviously not going to sit here and say, oh, he got this guy's contract now, he sucks. But it is sort of dismaying that like, since the game after signing his big contract, he has just been like purely atrocious like yeah purely atrocious from behind the three-point line. And I know some of that will like revert to the mean, but yikes. So Covington goes went two for ten from three. JJ went three for ten from three. The positives that I took out of the game were the fact that Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid both led the team in field goal attempts with eighteen each. When we came into the season, we didn't know what kind of a, a score Ben was going to be. We didn't know. I think a lot of people in their preseason predictions expected him to be maybe a ten to twelve point a game score. Certainly did not expect him to attack as much as he has, which has been nice. Um, that that was like I think maybe maybe the the two biggest things. You lost to the worst defense in the league, which sucks. Um, it did have me kind of questioning things. I know that on, I think it was Monday, no, maybe last Friday, we were talking about Dario and Dario's role on the team. And so I, I dove into a couple stats really quick. Um, did you go deep? Dario, well, uh, was a little it a bit. dive yeah. that was deep? It was a little bit of a deep dive. Okay. So Dario on that in that game had 10 points on 5-11 shooting. That's not a big deal. His effective field goal percentage since last year has gone up about 3%. Uh, his true shooting percentage is up 1%. But there's this perception, and, and I've even been part of it, of like the fact that he's struggling. And I think part of it is because most of his shots, most of his, his points have come from 
be on the arc. And I, ha- I don't feel like he's had a very good shooting year, per se. Um, 40% of his attempted shots are coming from three. Or 40% of his made shots, I apologize. 40% of his points have been coming from behind the arc, How which is that up 10%. Okay. It's up it's up 10% from last year. He only, you only 30% numbers. of yeah, only 30% of his shots made last year came from three. This year it's up to 40%. The weird thing about it is 56% of his field goal attempts have come from two-point range. So he's missing a lot of two-point shots that last year he was knocking down. And so what what you're starting to see, and we brought this up last week is that Dario has not been able to find that that space in the paint. And so, you know, like, he doesn't rely a ton on mid-range jumpers. It's essentially try to crash in, get into the paint, or shoot threes. And because Joel, in most instances, uh, and some of the other lineups that he's running, if he's in there with Amir, if he's in there with, with Rashawn, a lot of the lineups that they run, he just is not able to get into the paint. So he's kind of becoming more of a, you know, a set, set his feet, shoot a three kind of guy. And it's really not his game. The... One of the issues they had going into the season is that they wanted to work on Dario adding some arc to his shot, like I think he had in the uh, the FIBA the FIBA tournament, and it still looks really flat. It's not an Andre Miller flat jumper, <laughs> but it certainly leaves something to be desired. Well said. Well said. Yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that's always been part of the not part of the issue, but part of the discussion with Sarge and whether he fits here long term is that. You know, he's like, he's, you know, people think of the Euro guys before he got here, you know, as, as sort of like these soft outside shooters where he's so good is in the paint, in the, in the mess amongst the trees, if you will, Adam. Yes. Um, Thank you and for saying that. You're welcome. And he's, when he's out there with Embiid and, you know, whatever, it's, yeah, like, yeah, you, you can't have two guys in the paint. I agree with you. It's 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 well said. An interesting stat. So it's he's up ten percent in terms of scoring. So I guess that it's a slightly less percent he's, in terms of buckets made because when you make a obviously when you make a three, it counts one and a half of what a two counts. So it's like seven percent more buckets made, something like that. That's on that's on your effective field goal percentage. What I'm saying is like ten percent of the shots. No, like I, per- I I get it. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's not. Yeah, okay. How good was Devin uh, Booker? That was, jeez. The fantastic. shot he hit over Redick was gross. I always think that he's not as good as people say he is, and then he ends up being that good. I was talking to Omar of House of Highlights yesterday, and we were talking about the athletes that House of Highlights fans like are obsessed with right now, and he says there's like a core four of like young NBA players, and like Embiid's one of the four uh, that like any post they do, and I honestly forget the other two he goes, but the one that's surprising is Devin Booker, that he is like the the young NBA superstar that young fans are like obsessed with. He's one of the four that every time they post something, it does really well. So it's interesting that he's part of that movement of uh, young NBA stars, and I did not think he was going to be, but you know, when you drop seventy last year, I think people start to pay uh, pay attention. Yeah, when he gets in the zone, man, like he is just purely unconscious. Like I don't know, everyone was replaying that long three he hit. Yeah, just but the shot over Redick, which I think only wound up being a two. Redick actually patted him on the back, like literally patted him on the back as he walked by after that. I mean, Redick was draped all over. You could not defend someone better. He was in his face, hands up, without fouling him, and Booker just was like, eh, whatever, I'm just going to fall away and jack this up. And it was it was gross. Like, he was so yeah. in the zone. It's not even funny. Yeah, when a I guy like, like that Sixers, drops 46, yeah. I don't get too upset. 
it just shows yeah. you what what a value a guy like that has and it's it's kind of the value that you would expect from Markel. Whenever he gets back a few years into the league, that's I think that's the kind of thing that we can I think um, it's what we're hoping for. Not, we can't we can't expect it, but we can hope for Did it. Did you guys Having happen a guy who could to just shoot anywhere? Do we know we didn't talk about this before the Lee Jenkins article on Ben Simmons? Oh, I don't know. I'm just saying that if you're out there and you enjoy basketball and when we talk about the Sixers, I hope you do. There's one writer right now that I think is our generation's NBA scribe, and it's Lee Jenkins. And every time he writes an article about any NBA player, I consider it mandatory reading. If you haven't read what he wrote about Kawhi Leonard, it's incredible. James Harden, it's incredible. He just is able to capture uh, truly the essence. Like He did an article about Jimmy Butler this offseason that gave me a whole new perspective on him. And he wrote about Ben Simmons, and he wrote about sort of the path that he took and what he's going through now. And it, the whole article is about how he's the next, how he's the closest thing we've had to the next LeBron, and how much he studied LeBron, and how much LeBron's camp respects Ben. And from the beginning, was like, yo, this guy could be the next. And I'm just, I highly recommend it that if, if you're a big Sixers fan, just type in Lee Jenkins, Ben Simmons, and read that article because it truly is mandatory reading. It's that good. Was this the one where um, they talked to LeBron or, or someone associated with LeBron? They're like, LeBron genuinely wants someone to be better than him. Like he I, wants to be the mentor for someone who's better than him. It might be. This one's the one where he's at like a camp and LeBron comes up to him and whispers like 6 a.m. tomorrow. And like yeah. Ben Simmons couldn't sleep and like worked out with him and Dwayne Wade when he was like in high school. It's really good. The uh, When when LeBron played here a few weeks ago, there was a lot, obviously the thing about comparing them came right. up. And there was a few people on TV who were like, well, you know, clearly – you know, clearly Ben is is not as good as like almost with no acknowledgement of the fact that they were off. But like clearly Ben's not ready. He's not quite LeBron yet. Let's pause oh, with those comparisons. Like it's I unreal. feel, but I feel like people who are saying that are not acknowledging the fact no one's comparing him to LeBron now, like today in 2017. <sighs> <laughs> They're comparing their ceilings and comparing Ben's first year to LeBron's and their skill sets. Like there's some idiots in the media who are like, well, is LeBron still better? No shit. Like, yeah. No shit. Ben's played 30-some games, 30 games, not even. All right, Russ, Sixers play the Lakers Thursday night. What are your expectations? A win. Okay. Any and other then, desires? I- no, I, I mean, I, I would expect them to have probably a more resounding win than they did out in L.A. And then they play, <laughs> it's going to be fun to enjoy that. And then on Saturday, they they play at Cleveland. That's, that's not going to yeah, that, be. That's okay. That's you know what, though? Like, when you look at, but the Lakers game, look, like, it should be good. When you look at their early schedule, they're, what, 13-10 and 10 now. Five of their losses have come to the Warriors, the Cavs, and the Celtics. Like, they're literally half of their losses have come to the three best teams in the NBA. Yeah, uh, they played the and toughest. And for them to be doing this out schedule. of the gate without fault, have they that, played the toughest so schedule? Impressive. Yeah, I think their their strength of schedule is is number one in the league. Wow, that's unless even that, more impressive. Unless the Phoenix game dropped them like to number two, but yeah, they they had such a ridiculously difficult start, and the fact that they are over five hundred is. Incredible. Did you guys see that picture of Embiid and Jose Altuve? Uh, 
at the uh, Sports Illustrated thing and how the difference in height. Yeah, it's like that old Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Uh, Twins with Danny DeVito. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then I noticed that Russ wrote, this is what it would look like if I stood next to Embiid. How tall is Jose Altuve? Like 5'5"? I think he's 5'6". Yeah. Tiny. He's a tiny man. Russ isn't that tiny. I don't know why he sells himself as being that tiny. Because I'm 5'6". Hey, should we... Me and Jose Altuve are 5'6". What are your thoughts on me tweeting out the video of you dancing from no. Friday night? No. Really? <laughs> no. It's it's not offensive. No. It's not embarrassing. It's not going to get you fired. No, it's well, I mean it's just it's me dancing. I, like why do you want like what Was kind he of, dancing with anybody what kind else? What content is that? But with himself. Well, it's good content. It's it's old-fashioned level content. One. Did Two, you guys have like a private room? Yeah, it yes. was it was the entire downstairs of... Uh, what song was he dancing Blue. to, Kyle? Oh, so, she was so good. She was such so a... So there was a singer so there. Uh, I want to get her name right. Russ, help me I, out. I don't know. Uh, I'll pull it up. Uh, Riley Loftus. Riley Loftus. Yes, that was it. And she was doing a mix, uh, like uh, solo guitarist, but doing a mix of pop songs, which I, I was I like a, re, a remixing of good pop songs with a solo guitar. So she was doing um, Scrubs. She was doing TLC's Scrubs. And... And Russ, and she, and she had it was just a medley. Gotten, it was a medley. She had just been doing. I wasn't listening, and then I think it was my wife or Kyle's wife said, "Oh, that's in sync." And I realized that she was playing. It's gonna be me, and then she moved it into Scrubs, and then to Waterfall. But the I mean, but it, so like the, it, it the all beauty of the video is Russ great. starts off. He's in his own little world, like he's just dancing, really with nobody, but himself. Like he's just in a circle of people. He starts impromptu with a sprinkler. And not only does he come across with the sprinkler, but he does the back action of the sprinkler where it sprays the water, like totally in his own accord. And then when it comes to the no scrubs line, he drops and it's gonna be May because he thought they were still on the in sync song. It's no, very it, good. It overlays really well. It didn't. It, well, it doesn't. But okay. Did um, Russ? Did also, you know that he was recording you? It wasn't him. Of course, it was his wife. His <laughs> wife was recording. That's, and I, you know what? And, and that's the was? theme of today's show. Yeah, and I thought is she that was. Kyle's wife is the paparazzi. She's going to end up being the D'Angelo Russell of this entire thing. You're right. The whole You're thing is going right. to fall apart. She is a st- she is excellent. Like I I would say most of, like 50% of my life is recorded and and she snaps to her friends. Um well, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but like I'd say a good 50% of my existence at home over is recorded on- stealthily by my wife and sent to her friends. Over here on the floor, um, Kyle socks. They've been here for 3 weeks. She does a daily a daily vlog of your socks. <laughs> she does. I could, um, could just so see it now. leave us a comment. Tweet me at Crossing Broad if you would like to see the Russ video. It's like uh, it's outstanding. Seconds of me dancing. It's good. It's I was trying to get people in it's into, good. Like, into like a little a little bit of dancing. Nobody nobody went in. It was just me. Oh my god, Russ, that's totally going to be your role for every wedding the rest of your life. Oh my god, no, I'm fun at weddings. There is no doubt. <laughs> I don't give myself a lot of credit for much. But I am, I am a blast to have at weddings, for sure. You could pay Russ to show up to your wedding just to I, liven up, like make it please. seem like people are dancing when really they're not. Absolutely. I get just, old people dancing. I get young people dancing. I get everybody dancing. I could have told, because when I saw the picture of the, uh, the party, Russ was the only person that was like, I'm at a party, and everyone else is like, we're taking a photo. Yeah, I got to <laughs> find that. I want to look at it. Russ was, was so happy. It was me and, me and uh, Bob Wankel. We're the uh, the only the only two guys there that are in our profession, and we had talked about getting a picture, 
and uh, nobody seemed really hype on it. And then Phil was going to leave. And I'm like, oh, guys, Phil wanted a picture. And then that somehow got everybody away from their groups. And everybody, it, was, it felt like the Avengers were uniting for a photo. It's true. Uh, we all sort of came from different corners of the room to unite at the stage in our, in our, in our likeness. <laughs> we were more like the Thundercats, I guess. Um, hey, speaking of that, that Sixers game this week against the Lakers, they'll be playing yes. against Josh Hart, who is averaging like 14 minutes a game, and he put up 9-3-2 and two in 22 minutes against the Nugs earlier on Saturday night. Villanova's own Josh Hart. Good for him. Getting some burn with the Lakers. Does this mean you're going to talk about Nova? Because if you are, like, I have to go anyway. So I, I, I'd rather not be here for this Nova talk. Well, I would like to point out that the number four team in the nation just beat down the national runners-up last night on national TV in the Jimmy V Classic and in a resounding fashion with, with Mikel Bridges uh, announcing his arrival into the NBA lottery discussion with a thunderous dunk and block combo, followed by scaring the bejesus of out of, out of one of Gonzaga's guards on a break who just straight up lost the ball with Bridges on his heels. That was a great dunk, but did you see the dunk... Uh, it was uh, Mo Bamba. You gotta, you I, gotta check this this out. Well, oh yes, the, with Texas, the, the Texas VCU game. Yes, dude, he looks like. Uh, oh yeah, that his, was cool. His his limbs are just so ridiculously like scrawny and long. It looks like he could have shoved his entire arm into the rim and still been on his way up. That that was also nuts. Am I the only person on the planet who doesn't care about college basketball until the tournament? I'm having a hard time. Like I've I've never been in on it, uh, ever, and I I know like I didn't grow up in the city, so I don't really appreciate the rivalries between the Philly schools. But like, don't worry, neither at, do I'm I. Not, but like, I'm looking at Etan's Tinder profile. Etan Chan, Etan Shander, you're on his yeah. t- his Tinder profile. Yeah, I just went into the gen. I don't always go into the general Slack room, but I wanted to go in there and see what I've missed. And yeah, his Tinder profile, the fact that he has 420 on it is fantastic. <laughs> Does he really? So he, he does. It's so. Who is this guy again? He's a radio host, right? Aton Shander so, was a guy who was going to. Uh, he was trying to be, I guess, John Mark's replacement on the ninety-seven-five morning show. And to his credit, like they've put him on some pretty bad shifts, and I think for the most part he does a solid job. But you can only, you can't turn all garbage into gold. Yeah, this is his Bumble profile, guys, not his Tinder profile. So I, I have nothing, two things on Aton. I have nothing, nothing against him. Um, and if I were him, I would have taken his Twitter avatar picture, which is actually sort of cool and badass looking and made that the yeah, Tinder profile. Photo is awful. It's the Tinder. It's a bad picture. He's clearly trying to show people that he's on TV because he's in the Fox Good Day studio. Wearing an but, old ass suit. But his Twitter, his Twitter picture isn't bad. What I would point people towards and, uh, and... Did you is post you, this? I didn't post it that. Was, but th- that if was you me listen, mining if you Kyle's go to mentions. the if oh. yes, thanks Russ. If you go to the twitter.com backslash at the sports shop and spell sports with the Z, it is my new favorite thing on the internet. It is Aton Shander and Jeff Mosher recording Eagles <laughs> discussion in a barber shop in North Philly. Oh. <laughs> the sports <laughs> So wait, wait I want to read their so this is the sports shop. It's this is their from their profile. Yeah, you it's wrote sports, Jeff Mosher at a barber shop in all caps. It's sports and entertainment brought to you by Toot the Barber, Jeff Mosher NFL, and Shander Show live from Forte Hair Salon in Philadelphia. 
IG at Sports Shop Philly. Favorite part is when you go on YouTube, it's not spelled sports with a Z, but I guess that Twitter handle was taken, so they had to add the Z in the Twitter handle. Um, this it is wholly ridiculous. Like the concept of of Jeff Mosher and Aton Shander chilling at a barbershop in the hood talking about the Eagles and putting it on YouTube is is may supplant my Rob Cherry selfie sports talk videos live from his couch from uh, a few years back. Give me the handle right again. Right up there. It's <laughs> the. The sports, the sports shop, but you have to have a Z on sports at the end of sports. Have you brought this up yet? What? The sports shop. No, I can't find it. I'm on Instagram. I can't find it. Go twitter.com backslash at, or just backslash the sports shop. The sports shop. While you're doing that, I will address Russ's point about not being in the college basketball. I yeah. think the NBA... I think the NBA has so much juice lately that, like, there was a time 10-plus years ago where the NBA was really was kind of watered down and it really wasn't worth watching until late in the season or the playoffs, and there was a, it was just a really bad brand of, like... Yeah, so I'm, I'm I know. guilty, uh, I know. although I've been good, like, the last month, right? I've been monitoring my social media habits specifically, but I can't help myself. And, Somebody uh, should help, help to monitor his, So this is it? This is it. Jeff Mosher. Um, you got to subscribe. Quick. Subscribe, subscribe. Kicking it with my homegirl, Nat- Natalie Eganoff. What is going on? <laughs> Hold on. Wait, digest that for a second. Let me just finish the college talk so we can okay, properly yeah, dissect this. Um, but I feel like there was a time 10 plus years ago where basketball was sort of, NBA basketball was like bad ISO ball, no defense, that sort of thing. And, College ball really stood out for its quality of basketball. I think over the last few years, there's, there's, NBA has been such a compelling product that like the regular season college games, like those Duke North Carolina games that were so huge with Mike Patrick and Dick Vitale, like we don't have as many of those moments. So I kind of agree with Russ from that standpoint that you know, you know, it's better when the tournament comes around. But every now and then you get a really good college game, and and if you're a fan of a college team, then you could sit through just about any game. But at a high level, I would agree with that assessment. Yeah, I would um, say I agree with you. It's so much like I just read that thing that NBA ratings are at like 32% uh, after this time last year. I feel like there's so much talent in the NBA right now that every team has somebody that I'm curious to see. And I, you know, I turn on the television and I see um, some college games being played, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know or care about anyone, and uh, I think I'm a little bit worn down after like the whole scandal stuff. Whether it was like the Rick Pitino or it's just always some form of recruiting scandal or whatever. And I also think it's because the Sixers are finally good that I'm like really into watching the Sixers. And usually, man, I was Mister College Basketball. Like, I was the guy making the argument that it was better than the NBA. And now... Same, same. I just can't do it anymore. I just... It's just not that interesting to me. It's really... Yeah. And it's it's just not good. I've always... The last few years, I've just been like, college basketball is defined by missed shots, and the NBA is defined by incredible makes. 
Yeah, like no, guys I, like guys like Donovan Mitchell and uh, the guy we talked about earlier, Devin Booker. It's no surprise that like their games were not suited for college, but they were much more suited for the NBA. And when they get there, that's just so much more exciting. Even Ben Simmons, to a degree. Sure. Um, yeah, I no, I I agree. I think I think one the NBA product has been so compelling. There's so much talent, and it's the perfect sport. And what the league allows guys to do to develop personalities with their social media, like it really every game is is almost like a small reality show in that way. Um, I think that has helped. I also think the one and done rule has had some sort of an impact because you have these guys come in who are just like straight up there to get some training for the NBA. And then you have, so you have like the Kentuckys of the world that are occasionally great, but sometimes they're just stacked with young prospects who are going to bounce. So like the team ball aspect isn't good. And, you know, honestly, I think this is how you wind up with, with like a team like Nova winning the national championship because they typically do run four-year guys and like they're talented enough that those four-year guys can beat anybody. It's not like a mid-major that has four seniors. Like there's legit enough talent at a school like Nova. But, you know, they have guys that are playing together and that are there, at least for the most part, to play, you know, to play college ball and hopefully get to the NBA. Whereas like the big time programs are mixing in, you know, just these NBA prospects who are there on rentals. And I think it's kind of screwed up just the whole flow just the whole flow of college basketball because you have so many guys, especially with the big name teams who really, you know, who just really aren't there, you know, for anything other than to, because they have to be. Um, but yeah, I, I, it, it used to be a better brand of basketball. Like the 10 plus years ago, NBA was just, it was slow. It was ISO. It was no effort. It was no defense. And really like the whole game has changed with the, you know, I mean, there's the long three-pointers and, like, these crazy talented guys. So now you have not only these long shots that are going in, which are exciting, but there's so much more spacing on the floor, which allows for, you know, these sort of highlight real plays and a lot of movement. Like, it's just so much more up-tempo, and and they can play. Like, college teams want to play that style, but they're, for the most part, not talented enough to do so. And then that's why it's, like, it's a sport about missed shots rather than made shots. I am loving this storyline right now about Eagles fans making the Rams game a, a home game and the Rams having to do a silent count because they're afraid that the Eagles fans are going to be so loud during the game. Like, I love that storyline. Where is where is the silent count thing? Uh, sh- type in, here, I'll find it. Uh, but Sean McVay came out and said that after he saw what happened with the Chargers game that he believes they're going to use, like, more of a silent count uh, to get ready uh, for uh, all the Eagles fans that are going to be there. Sounds like they've had to do that at another point this year, too. Interesting. Well, I think it's because they saw yeah, the Chargers game. Is the, they were like, holy shit, these guys travel. It's just a great storyline. So what do you make of the, uh, the sports shop? I haven't watched enough. Uh, I think that it's like... Um, a very Jeff Mosher hanging out at a at a at a hood barber shop is is my don't is use my the word hood. Thing. I don't know I don't know Jeff Mosher enough to know if that's in or out of his character. I'll just say that I think that it's a very uh, recycled trope that I've seen a lot that I used seven years ago doing a documentary about the Kentucky Louisville rivalry, which is you know what a sports fan really wants to see. The barber shop. It's just a. Uh, it's just a thing that I think has been done a lot. Um, just from those camera angles, um, uh, I, I wouldn't watch yet. But I, maybe if they do it for a little bit longer, 
I do think that it's there's an element of the sports fandom where it's just like unbridled arguing in an un not on a set that I think people always try to do. Um, I don't know if the cast of characters in the little clip I saw is enough for me to watch, but uh, I'm also very picky. So, I mean, it's like it's the same thing as using a bar. You know, the bar set, it's the same general concept. Like right. there is this there's this subset of people um who all you know, who always want to just take, hey, we're just gonna do the convert you know, the bar the literally the bar stool conversation. And it's like it's so contrived and like, you know, I mean like people will be like, Well, Barstool like literally made a brand out of this, but it's like they do it with an acknowledgement of the fact that they're not remotely serious. But then you get people who will sit at the barbershop or at the bar stool and film themselves, or even this turns into tropes on ESPN and all that stuff, where it's like they're dead serious about their sports opinion and so goddamn like convic so and so much conviction in it, and yet it's like, okay, like you're 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 just you're a dude sitting in a chair. <laughs> like yeah. I, when I saw that yesterday, I was like, there's too many people covering Philly sports media. Like that, I'm not sure it should have taken that moment for me to come to that realization. But when you have a couple of guys who sort of just circle in the, the radio station orbit making YouTube videos from a barber shop, it's like, all right, I think, I think we've probably reached our limit on like Philly sports talk. This is such, it's just such an interesting era where there's so much content. And everyone's trying to get their content to stand out, and it's it's difficult to do so uh, because there's so much that the um, it really relies on like consistency and quality. But especially for say like Philadelphia, where it's insatiable, um, it, uh, we you, there's a lot of people putting out Eagles content right now, like a ton. Like, as you say this, I'm scrolling down the timeline, and we got E-Rock's Eagles 4th and John show. Like, there's, but there's so many, like, you go on YouTube and type Eagles, like, there's Eagles vloggers who have pretty significant views and followings, and not just, like, EDP. Like, tons of people just putting up stuff after games, and, like, it's and a world. Gonna be, they're all going to be thwarted by ESPN when they buy Fox. <laughs> it's, it's I know you liked that story yesterday. Yeah, I mean, dude, that's a that's a huge story. ESPN picking up, they've or never Disney. had a right, but e, yeah. th them picking up local sports networks where they've never had a presence, and now all of a sudden, overnight, they can have a presence in like half the markets in the country, maybe even more than that. Not yeah, to the mention the the story is that Fox places. and Disney's merger. Part of the the merger would be that all of these Fox regionals, apparently Murdoch isn't that fancy of and that Disney would acquire them, meaning that ESPN would acquire them, meaning that all of a sudden ESPN would have a very, very interesting uh, and large um, collection of regional networks. Right. And the problem for the issue for ESPN is, you know, people are worried like, all right, as more people cut the quarter, don't get cable. People aren't getting these guarantees. ESPN isn't getting this guaranteed fee from every cable subscriber and there's been talk i guess espn is going to come out they're a part of these streaming bundles so when you subscribe to youtube tv or playstation view like some of that money does go to espn and that's part of the thing that is you know hopefully like you know plugging the hole in the boat for them but 
On the other hand, there, you know, these options are getting more granular where you're not like ESPN no longer has that thing over cable companies where they have to compel these places to like offer them in their base package. So non-sports fans are just going to say, well, no, we don't want ESPN, which means you have to get sports fans who want or need ESPN to pay directly for it. But, you know, there's going to be a smaller number of those people and thus the, the cost is going to go up. So like the notion of ESPN's coming out with its own over-the-top streaming service, but it's like, all right, well, who's going to pay for this? Do I want to spend, say, $15 a month or 10 or 20 whatever it is, to get ESPN because I need Sports Center and occasional NBA games and Monday Night Football? Like, no, probably not. Like, most fans are probably like, ah, I could do without that. Like, I can miss an NBA game, and I don't need first take. But now, all of a sudden, ESPN having – regional sports networks and the broadcast rights to major teams like significant you know the the cardinals the Cavs, the yankees are all broadcast on fox uh regional networks or, or networks that i think would be included as part of this the fox has a hand in now all of a sudden if you're in those markets or fans of those teams you almost have to subscribe to this espn over the top package if you want to watch your team so that's like that's the edge because now they could charge 15 bucks a month and people People might not pay it for first take, but they're going to be like, well, shit, I want to watch my Cardinals games, so I guess I, I guess I got to subscribe to the ESPN package because that's yeah. the only way to get it. It is going to be very to interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a big deal. On the other hand, I think Murdoch was quoted as saying, or a source had said he said, something like that, that these regional networks, the fees were getting so high, meaning they were paying, like Comcast is, $2.5 billion to the Phillies over X number of years, 25 years, whatever it is. Um, the fees were getting so high and the subscriber revenue was going down. So it was like just sort of bad momentum. And that's true, but it's still like, it's still the one thing that forces sports fans that like, even though you can stream Sixers games on, you know, through the app or with YouTube TV, like you need a, a Comcast credential to do those things. Like in somewhere along the way to watch a Phillies game or Sixers game online, you have to be paying that surcharge to Comcast. So it's still a really compelling thing for sports fans. And even though it's, it's going down, it's not like going down as hardcore as the national networks where people are like, well, we don't need most of their shit anymore. It's just, I feel like the whole world, the whole uh, media complex is in flux right now. And these huge mergers like AT&T and Time Warner and Fox and Disney, just like complete landscape changers. And I think it's just going to be some huge monopoly mergers over these next few years that are just, all of our stuff is going to come from like one building. It's going to be really interesting. And it's going to be that and then shows like The Sports Shop. I mean, we're, we're almost there in terms of like, you know, everything coming from, from one building. Um, I mean, it's, we're not really that far off from that. Like, there's just a handful of companies that control so much and not even just a national. Like, there are, you know, companies, what is it, like Sinclair and like these huge networks that are controlling yeah. a substantial chunk of local radio and TV stations where it's like, and stuff is packaged. So you probably could speak to this better, but like, you know, there's a piece produced for, you know, that just goes out to affiliates and you get the same news story being shown on, you know, 10 NBC affiliates around the country. And it's all coming from one spot, essentially. Yes, agreed. Oh, I can't even watch the local news anymore. Holy crap. Like when I'm watching Sunday Night Football and it'll be like, like it ends and Al Michaels is done talking. It's like, bam, 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 bam. And it's like the local news and it's 
two children found on a street. Were they your children? And I'm like, what? And then the next one will be like, there's something in New York's air that's killing babies. Is it your baby? And I'm like, oh my God. And then like, the last one is like, one local sports coach should be fired tomorrow. Which one is it? And I was like, oh God. Yeah, it's just, it's <laughs> As always As a former so local bad. news guy, it's good to hear you say this. Dude, it, oh, I always cringe. Like I, I have like weird flashbacks um, to it. It's just the local news, it's so intense and focused on negativity. And it's, I don't know, man, they still subscribe to if it bleeds, it leads. And I can't handle it. I don't know. I I'm, I don't know if Philadelphia news is better, but no, it's, it's really it. not. Two two things I'd point out on local news. One is that I agree with everything you just said, but I do. I feel like you do find yourself again. I always go back to this like slightly getting older thing, but like occasionally there are things that apply that you do want to know about, or like at the very least, like you become. I feel like every year you age, you become increasingly concerned with the weather, and I know you can get that on your phone. But I'm a I'm a sucker for a good like snowstorm coverage, um, so there are like we're, like we occasionally have the local news on in our house, but most of it is complete bullshit. I will give you that. Um, the other thing is, have you ever seen the movie Nightcrawler? Uh, no. Jake, it's uh, it's probably about oh, four yeah, years Jake old. Chilenhall? Very good. Where he is a stringer out in L.A. and he goes around and films these grisly car scenes and then sells them to the local news and. It gets it takes a dark turn, needless to say. It's very good. Highly recommend Nightcrawler. I think it's on Netflix. So in that vein, and this is why I bring up Nightcrawler, Netflix has a show right now. Uh, it's it's in their trending feature, probably on most of your the accounts if you log in right now, called Shot in the Dark. And it's a documentary style series about the people who actually do this. And it is so fucking fascinating, it's incredible. There are teams of people freelancers, stringers, whatever you want to call them, in uh, out in L.A., and I'm guessing some other cities too, but they just roam the street. It's like an operation. They roam the streets in their, in their high-speed cars with police scanners overnight, and they race to just horrible accident scenes, shooting scenes, fires, race to get the video, compete with each other to get there and get the best video, and then sell it to the news stations. And they're all competing. Like, they know each other. They'll show up on the scene of a of a fatal car crash and be like, hey, Joe, how's it going? Hey, Joe. And then they're racing back to their cars to upload it on their laptops and send it off to news stations. And, like, I Ugh. mean, it is. But, I mean, they're filming dead people. The one guy is filming a broken down car on the 405 in like the high speed lane literally because he knows a car is going to come along and plow into it. And sure enough, that's what happens. And he that's catches disgusting. it live. So, like, viewing recommendation for this weekend, that show, that documentary, comboed with the movie Nightcrawler. Because Nightcrawler is, like, directly about this world. I didn't even think it was real. It turns out, like, this is a real thing. So, anyway, long story short is the wild, the recent wildfires. I'm watching this documentary the other night on Netflix. Yesterday morning, put on the Today Show, and the video of the wildfires in California, sure enough, is credited to one of these things. Because these guys, like, race into – they put themselves at risk. But they race into these crazy spots, and sure enough, the wildfire videos were captured by these like freelance stringers. Ugh. Oh, it's so it's so yeah, it's a it's it's a horrible world, but it is it's so fucking fascinating, and it's easy to watch too. It's like thirty minute episodes. It's really good. It's just funny because you said the other reason you watch the news is for the weather, 
And, like, the weather is such a fucking sham on the local news. Like, they just look at, like, the next two weeks and they go, where is their precipitation? Okay, focus on that. Like, Sunday after the game when I was watching NBC, it was like, and there's rain in the forecast. Stay tuned for when. And I was like, ugh. And then my girlfriend was like, oh, no. And she looked, she's like, oh, it's going to be on Wednesday. And I was like, yeah, like, why? Like, people are like, oh, it's going to rain one day this week. I need to know what day it's going to rain. Like, I think I told you the story where they had, like, no nothing to lead one time when I was working in Louisville. And they called in the weather guy. And they're like, hey, what's the weather tomorrow? And he's like, uh, 65, like, clear. And he's they're like, anything interesting ahead? He's like, well, there's a time, like, possibly, like, eight days from now where it might actually snow. And they're like, that's the lead. And I was like, guys, you got to be fucking kidding me. And they're like, no. And then, like, it led with, like, there could be snow in the forecast. Monty's here to tell you when. And I was like, dear God, like, what are we doing? But that's that's how it works. They just find precipitation and then, like, tease it. Dude, you, dude, you got to watch this show because the things these guys talk about are is what you just described. Like, they'll talk about how the networks are, like, th- they want to get the story of the night. And, like, if two people, if one person dies in a motorcycle... No, no one cares. But if two people die, then it registers. Like all these things, they'll like they'll be referencing what the producers will buy and what they won't, and like the rhyme or reason for it is so <sighs> gross. But it's real. It's you know, it's like they don't care if there's a gang shooting. But when there was a gang shooting and an innocent person got killed, like now it's a deal. Um, like same thing. Like you know, like it's okay if there's an accident, but if there's rain and there's that accident happen and that accident happens, well now the news story is bad rain out there accidents on the 405 and like it's it's all that stuff it's gross it's so gross the whole thing is so gross i didn't realize so the sixers play the lakers on thursday and the eagles play the rams it is a philadelphia los angeles battle week beat la this is i'm already getting tweets from people being like you're going down the the Eagles are going to lose to the Rams. Everyone's going to realize that you're overrated. I actually, I genuinely believe. I saw a clip of the Eagles walking off the field against Seattle to Seahawks fans chanting "overrated," and there's this clip of Fletcher Cox walking off the field, and he's shaking his head. And he's going, "Okay, okay," and I went, "Dude, this is so good for the Eagles against the Rams." Being losing and being chanted at overrated before a more important game is so perfect. I genuinely think that this is really good for the Eagles. They need to be called overrated to their faces after a loss. Yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't love losing the game, but there's something to, you know, getting that, getting, getting put in check. And if you had to lose, like we talked about this of those next four games, starting with the Cowboys game, said all along like if they come out of this three and one we're fine they're probably not going to win all four so if you had to pick one to lose it is on the road against the Seahawks that that has been booked as a loss all year and that's the game it really doesn't hurt you in the division it most likely won't hurt you with home field if they're still playing in that echelon in a few weeks um you know eventually they could wind up competing with the Seahawks but I don't think they're going to lose enough games the Seahawks are going to win enough for that to be a thing um so yeah if you had to lose a game that's the one to lose that does, however, make the Rams game, especially with the Vikings playing so well and the Saints looking so good, that does make this Rams game the like without question 
now and at the end of the season will will remain the biggest game of the season they will play in the regular season. It sure like, is. Bar none. Because you lose this game, and now everybody's got three losses. Like, you're just in the mix with everybody else, and the Vikings are sitting ahead of you. Like, that's that's a problem. You're not on risk of not playing in the playoffs, but you are very much in doubt of getting a bye. And we could go from best team in the NFL to wild card weekend in the span of, like, less than seven full days. That It's a, it's a huge fucking game. Oh, uh, Chris What's always the line? Told, the line right now, I believe... I think it started off at Philadelphia minus two, and then I think it moved to the Rams. Let me check right now. I was looking at it last night. But Sims always tells a story of there was a time where his dad, last week of the year, if they won, they had home field advantage in the playoffs, but they lost, so they didn't make the playoffs at all. Oof. Yeah. I forget what year that was for the Giants. It started off as the Eagles favored by two and a half, and now the Rams are favored by two. It is a four and a half point swing in the line, which is not a good sign. I got a different number here. I got it opened as Rams minus one, and now Rams are minus two and a half. Where do you look? Uh I look at Odd Shark, and it has all the casinos. uh, Fantasy Labs has like a built in um, uh, Vegas tracker. Yeah, no. It's, so well, it's all, just easy to use. Yeah, Either, all the, regardless, line movement in favor of the Rams. Yeah. Okay. It's, uh, They're still less than a three-point favorite at home, which I always like as a good sign for the road team. Oh, I agree. I also look at this and go, I still think the Eagles are the better team, and that's an opportunity to bet the better team and get points. But mm-hmm. Yes, agreed. Also, the reason that line had so much movement is that line was before the Seahawks game. Okay. All right. Well, then that explains a lot. Uh, because the Sunday night game and the Monday night game, I feel like the lines always come out before them. Yep. And that's why there's been so much movement. Uh, Flyers won. I just want to say that so that people say we don't talk about it. Uh, but they're they're not good. Uh, every time I see uh, our new Phillies manager on camera, I think about whether or not he's had work done on his forehead. What do you, do you mean? Every time I see Gabe Kapler, I just look at how shiny his forehead is and then how how much his eyebrows don't move, and I think he's gotten Botox. I wouldn't – sorry, I stood up for a sec. I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't doubt that. He does look like there may have been a little work done. Yeah, just take a look. I feel like he's got like a really smooth forehead. Uh, and I'm not judging. I'm probably I'm gonna get some Botox in my forehead, Kyle. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Know. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me. I like I like the way he talks. I I enjoy his his. I am under so fascinated by his voice because it sounds so fake. Like I don't actually think that he talks like this all the time. Like his speech pattern. Guys, there's something about the way he swings a bat, and I. But it's like he's such a broadcaster. He's such a weird dude, but I do love him. But he's weird. He, he is. But the thing is, when he said he does back it up with substance. Like that's the cool part. When he is talking, you know, he talks like he's full of hot air and like like right. TV news guy. But then then when you listen to what he's saying, you're like. Yeah, he's actually, you know, he's pretty intelligent. Like, I do think there's a little bit of that turns uh, turns out 
crowd thing there, you know, the Malcolm Gladwell crowd that, like, you know, thinks they're enlightened because they've, you know, read a series of books and watched a series of documentaries, which, by the way, I would maybe occasionally include myself in, um, like, being, like, kind of falling, not falling for that stuff, but, you know, seeing something and then really kind of trumpeting a, a new world view. And I feel like there's a little bit of that in Kapler. Like, you know, he's read some of these things and, you know, thinks he's more woke than everybody else. And, you know, there's probably a little something to that. But he does sound intelligent when he talks. Like, I don't think it's bullshit. I think he, he maybe is, you know, he's probably going to learn managing teams that there's certain views that he has that are just, like, not even too radical, but just, like, you know, you know, like eating in, uh, grasshoppers in the dugout, which was a blog post that he wrote. Like, all right, like, crickets are grasshoppers. Like, all right, you know, there's certain things here that, like, I'm sure we're just fine with the sunflower seeds, you know? Not that he's going to do that, but those sorts of things where it's going to be like, all right, he's not going to be as extreme as I think we all think he's going to be. I don't know if I'm, if I'm more excited for his, like, video coming out of his post-game speeches or if he does get fired and we get, like, an all tell-all, like, five years from now about the weird shit Gabe Kapler did in the locker room. Like... It's going to be great. Like, whether or not he's successful or not, if he's successful, we're going to get the Tom Verducci story about all the weird idiosyncrasies that he has and how it's working. And if it doesn't work out, we're going to get, like, a tell-all for Reese Hoskins about the time where Gabe Kapler came in and talked about coconut oil to the team for 30 minutes and how it was, like, his fixation. Like, it's going to be great either way. You're going to know when things are going south, if if things are going south, when you start getting leaks about, like, really ridiculous things. Yes. Like, he walked into the locker room and told us all to put each of our testicles in one hand each and bounce them up and down. And you're like, what Gabe Cap Like, if the story came out that Gabe Kapler incessantly walks around the locker room naked, I would not <laughs> be surprised. Like, that's a guaranteed storyline. But and that's how you, And that's how you're going to know. That's how you're going to know when it's going south. Like if the players are buying in on the stuff he's saying, then no one's going to complain about it. They're going to say, "Hey, this is different. It's fun." But the minute you start getting those things, like happened with Chip Kelly, where you know, like just things would leak out where you could tell players were disgruntled. That's when you're going to know he's he's it hasn't won over the team or he's lost the team, something like that. Man, they're going to be great stories, no matter what. I'm excited. Uh, another tip for the local news: I saw a clip of your boy Iraq. I know you're a big fan. Him and uh, Gary Cobb on like the Fox Morning Show, and the reason I bring it up is is the host who from I from the remember. green room broadcasting. Uh, they did a green room video on Twitter. Well, that was really bad. But the other video I was going to talk about was the main host goes and uh, Zach Ertz. He had a concussion. Uh, what news do you guys have about his about his update? And they both like froze. Because you don't have Gary Cobb and E-Rock on to give concussion updates <laughs> on Zach Ertz. And I just want to give a note to like everybody. Number one, people in media do not have updates on the medical status. Number two, if they do, I would begin questioning them as people. Because that's truly a story where you just wait for the team to let you know. You're not like texting the friend and be like, yo, send me the EKGs about how they're doing. So stop asking people that question. Was that Mike Jarek? I don't know his name. He's the guy that I've seen on... The, the main internet. guy on Good Day? Was it yes. The main guy? That's yeah. Mike Jarek. So I, I've, I've done Good Day a handful of times. And, you know, shows like that, they don't... 
they don't know. They just want to be like, how about those Eagles? Right. And then they're like, how excited are the fans? Right. It's an entertainment, like even more so than a regular local news broadcast, like that particular morning show is just an entertainment show. And they have you, you get four minutes and we got four, what are four topics? These are the four topics. You got 30 seconds to talk about each of these topics and they treat you as quote unquote sports guy as the expert. But um, yeah, asking, asking E-Rock about what he has on Ertz's, um, the tailgate guy about what he has on Ertz's concussion is uh, is like the, the epitome of of morning uh, morning. I think the, like the most the this like I actually um, from an outside perspective, uh, I think that somebody like Erock is important to have for a fan base, and mm-hmm. I think he's doing his role well. Now, I thought the saddest thing about that green room video was Gary Cobb holding his own mini tripod, and. It was the realization that Gary Cobb has been doing this my whole life, but he's probably filming his own stuff. Um, and I also don't. Who does he work for? Does he have well, his own website? I hope he's free. Well, he did have gcob.com. I no longer. Elliot Shore Parks used to be there. A few guys used to be there. Um, I don't really? think it's a thing anymore. Oh yeah, yeah. It was pretty like well. I mean, it was a lot of eagle stuff. His. He used to do in-car. I've done posts about this. Uh, he He's done in-car before his weird run for Congress, which is hysterical. Wait, he ran for, I don't, man, I'm he not He ran against to. George Norcross's brother in New Jersey. <laughs> like, you're not going to win. <laughs> you're basically going up against, like, one of the two two or three power brokers. In I will Jersey. never like, run for luck. politics for a number of reasons, but I think the number one reason is, is it's a waste of money. I am not going to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars for a job that I'm probably too lazy to do anyway. Look up G Cobb's congressional run. It's hilarious. But he had, he, he does these in car videos. Like he does a lot of these selfie videos and they are. Actually, I will put that. I will go Rob Cherry on his couch. Number one. That was always my favorite. I'll go. The sports shop is, is, is battling for number two, but then I will go with G Cobb's in car videos. We've posted about these before. They are ridiculous ridiculous it's like there's a subset of the local sports media especially those kind of like g cob who really don't have a landing spot right now who someone told them they need to use new media and video and i like i think ron burke's a great guy and like totally respect him but you know he's doing videos from his basement talking about the eagles and it's like guys no like it's just it's no i know someone told you to use social media video but no so then let me ask you from someone that has been in social media kind of themselves the whole time we're in an interesting time i have a lot of friends i have friends that are being fired from espn i have friends that are like unable to find work right now that we're in the business what would you do like if you've been in TV and you've been doing this stuff for so long and you clearly still want to do it and everyone's like, well, I'm going to launch my own stuff. What is what is your take from from that perspective? Because the answer, you have to do something else they, they're not going to take. Yeah, I, I, unfortunately, I don't think there is a good answer. Like, I do think if you do your own, you, there are people who could do their own thing. I think there's something to the subscription thing. I think... Over time, that will get bundled and like, you know, sites like The Athletic and others, like it'll be networked together where you buy a subscription to something and you join a network. So like 
real, I'll explain. Like, you know, so most of the ads on my site are part of the USA Today, like sports advertising network. So I put a line of code, then USA Today sells it, and then it gets pushed out to 100 blogs that are part of the network. Like something like that with the subscriptions where, you know, maybe you're not big enough to get 2,000 subscriptions on your own, but you're part of a network that costs people $10 and your site is in that network. Something like that. Like, I, so there are opportunities to do things on your own, but the problem is like, I, you know, the local TV thing, like for all the reasons you just cited, is so vapid. And like for years, these people have existed on get press release, go to press conference, cut up piece, go to crime scene, cut up piece, go interview coach, get sound, interview man on the street, cut up piece. And it's like that thing doesn't work anymore because there's so many better alternatives. And these people are just sort of left with like a Okay, well, what do I do? I there's no longer a need for guys in hard press suits with with thick neckties and deep collars going on TV and just having a loud opinion. Like people don't value that. So what do I do? And then you know that's how you wind up with G Cobb in the green room with his selfie cam. And like the answer is I don't know. Like I but the problem is people are telling them you got to do video, you got to do social, you got to do video, you got to do mobile, and it's like they don't know how to do that effectively. And no one has what, like a, what could they a do to make answer. it more effective? Honestly, like I, I think they're lost causes. Like I hate to say that, but like it's There's like taking be something of you'll occasionally get people, you know. But I do think it's like taking the forty-year-old newspaper columnist, like and asking him to change the way. It's not so much in the the like the fact that they're doing it it's in the way they do it like g Cobb thinks okay someone told me to do video so i can hold up a camera and give my opinion like no that's really not like when people say video that's really not what they mean like video is short like watchable snackable clips it's not taking what you did on tv i'm sorry like so good social video is like short watchable snackable clips it's not taking what you did on tv which was give my sports opinion and holding up a camera and just doing that online like that that is the thing i i, I don't think people understand with, with like and this includes like up to espn and stuff like you guys at bleacher report do social video really well like you do game of zones and all that stuff and you guys cut up highlights and make them you know super easy to watch but also informative and well edited you're not taking what you adam used to do on tv um you know, at your news station in Kentucky and trying to do that exact same thing just online. And I think for the older TV people, like, they have no idea what it means. Like, they're just doing their old TV thing on a cell phone camera. And that, like, that does not make for a good video. No one's fucking Man. watching it. I, I think about this all the time. I Like, for for sports people... By the way, Ron Burke actually looks like he's living his best life right now. Like, I just skimmed through a little bit of one of his videos. No hate he was on la- He was laughing a yes. lot. Uh, so I hope I hope everybody's great, but I just think it's it's look it's stressful for anybody that's in this industry because I look at I, I read these articles about Jason Stark and how he's still writing baseball and like he, I, he just doesn't have the audience to read it or Jay Crawford who's like thinking about just like getting out of it completely the guy that used to host Cold Pizza and Sports Center and. Uh, you know, it's this industry that we've looked around at people being able to do like Jim Gardner for like 65 years. But it's like there's only one Jim Gardner, you know, and I look at all these people that are trying to do content. And it's the, the problem is, too, is everyone has their shows they already listen to. They already have their podcasts and they already have, you know, their certain social media feeds. But 
launching, you know, a sports highlight place, like that's the, the, the content that people actually want. I don't know if hosts are in it. You know, I, they just they just want to see the clips. I don't know if like like I, I know that, yes. that ESPN once is doing this thing on Snapchat where they have like Katie Nolan, these people doing like a new age sports center. And like I have already had multiple conversations in Bleach Reporter all the time where I'm like, guys, stop trying to force me into videos for highlights. I don't think people need a host for highlights. Just give them the fucking highlights. Right. Like and big bold that's text the model. telling you what's going on. You know, yeah, like, emojis, like whatever. Like I, I always say this when I'm at Bleacher, which is, look, I know my value, and I also know when I'm trying to get myself on camera just to be on camera, and I'm not going to do that because that's how you be unsuccessful. But it's you know one of the things that we always did. Like that's partly how I got to Bleacher Report was the whole rap cast Seinfeld cast thing when I did references I don't know like that's the only way that a host is relevant anymore which is if you're going to add a level of entertainment to a highlight but if you're just telling me what's happening it's not going to work no I agree and I think I agree with everything you just said and you guys do it well like when you're on camera you're doing something a little bit different you're interviewing athletes you're what do you give your picks on camera yeah, all that. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, but, even my picks, it's audio, but it's, yeah, you're right. It's it's words underneath, it's images changing, and then it's graphics. Yeah, it's it's all really graphically done. Yeah. And but how think, how is how is Derek Gunn or Rotten Burke or, you know, Gary Cobb or jo, like I don't know, Jeff Skaversky, how are they going to create a graphics package if they're solo? You know what I mean? In true Crossing Broadcast fashion, the audio between Adam and Kyle cut out at the end. Hopefully, on Friday, we will be back with no tech issues and a podcast that is posted probably around 8 a.m. So, thanks for listening. We'll see you again Friday. Does, 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 does,